0: Welcome to the kickoff show of the Coach Kyle Cardcast. We're here with Ed White head football coach Kyle Wasang to discuss Cardinal football in Thibodeau, Louisiana. I'm your co-host Bill DeRocher. Each week we'll discuss Edie White football, where we're going, and where we've been. Coach Kyle, welcome, well, I can't welcome you to your own show, can I? Uh, that's
1: correct, Bill. It, it is my show, but uh, thanks for being here with me. Um...
0: It's exciting to, uh, to get this going. This is the first time that we've ever done this. First time there's a, there's a, there's a podcast about Edie White football, or any sport for Edie White for that matter. It is. Uh,
1: I can't take credit for it. It's, uh, it's your idea. We, we talked about it a lot, and I thought it was something that would really, really be interesting for a lot of people uh, involved in Edie White Athletics. Our players, we've got uh, we've got some exciting things happening, and I think this is one of the things that we can use to uh, spread the excitement and uh, and talk about our opponents and what has happened and uh,
0: in the future. Absolutely perfect. My first question to you, and Kyle, I've been knowing you for years. I knew you as the head football coach of Edie White before, and this is your second stint. Tell me about your first stint, your your first go at head football coach at Ed White. I was uh, I was a head coach for about ten years at Ed White. Uh, it was
1: actually my head my first uh, head football coaching job. Um, I, I came to Ed White from Assumption High School. Spent a few years at uh, at Ed White, and then the head coaching job opened up. Got the job, did it for about ten years, and uh, ten years at that point was uh, was was enough, and uh, it was time to to step away for several reasons, but. Uh, it was um, a very exciting ten years. We got a lot done in ten years. Had some really good football players. Had some players uh, go on to the next level. Um, brought some excitement to the program. Actually made it to the semifinals uh, one year. And um, just had some really good experience with our kids. So it was a good ten years. But at the end of ten years, it was time to it was time to step away.
0: So what was the itch? What got you to come back
1: to coaching? You know, I, I think you never lose the itch when, you, when you've when you been on the sidelines from Friday nights. It's, uh, it's something that doesn't go away. You don't always have that opportunity, though. So uh, it was a chance to uh, get back uh, to a place that I love, um, graduated from E.D. White. And um, those opportunities don't always happen for a second time. And it did this time. And I had to jump at the opportunity to, to get back.
0: Okay, so this, this is the second time. What unfinished business do you have from the first time to the second time? Well, you know, uh, looking back at those 10 years, there was a lot of things that I
1: probably would not have done again and won't do again the second time. Um, just did way too many things that I should have delegated to other people, coaching staff, stuff like that. So it was uh, it's going to be different this time.
0: Give me an example of that. Like, What did you learn from the first time to the second time to, to get you to this point? Well, I was trying to be the head coach. I was trying to coach the offensive line. I was trying to be
1: an offensive coordinator. I was trying to do all those things all at once. And very honestly, I don't think I was a, a good head coach sometimes because of that. Um, so this time around, we have more coaches on our staff. We've got 12 coaches now. We've got an offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator. We've got people who are um, very, very capable of doing those jobs. And uh, I'm going to let them do their jobs this time.
0: Who's your... um? Let's start naming some of the coaching staff. Who's your offensive coordinator? Offensive coordinator is Grant Chasson. Grant
1: uh, played for me. Um, Grant thought he was going to be an FBI agent. And then the, uh, his mom, who's the principal at White, decided to hire him. And um, I brought him on as a coach in the eighth grade. And he was coaching the eighth grade team, and he was calling plays. And he, he got infected with the football bug and he uh gave up the FBI <laughs> career just to come in and and call some football. So he um he's coming in for the first year, but a lot of a lot of promise with the uh with the offense with him.
0: Now, I'm a huge huge Saints fan and I'm a huge I don't like the New England Patriots. So, you won't be using any of his FBI skills to help the team like another team who will remain nameless the New England Patriots uh, to help your football team I'm asking Well, I mean this is a good opportunity I, know, to ask. I love the New England, New England Patriots I hate to tell you I
1: love them, they, they do things the right way they wanna, well maybe not, maybe not, uh, deflate gate and stuff like that, but for the most part they do things the right way um, but no uh, Grant is going to do a great job for us uh, Chris Bajeron is also staying on staff and he,
0: get, he was the head football coach uh for a couple of years,
1: a few yeah, for years, five, for five, uh, he actually was the guy that I, um, after and I stepped down, he was on my staff for a long time, and I thought he was ready to, to be a head coach. He was, uh, and he and he took over and just ran with it. He did a great job. He, he, really, really he really did. Did he really did, and so I'm I'm very fortunate that he's going to stay around, run the defense. Chris, it was, it was an interesting story with Chris because. When I was uh on staff before I was the head coach, Chris showed up on a Saturday. I don't know I don't remember the opponent, but Chris showed up on a Saturday. He walked in the office and he started giving us all this, this intel on the guys that we were playing. And uh man, this this guy really knows the game. He just walked off the street. I, who is this guy? I really really didn't know and found out later he was dating Alicia Bajeron, who's uh, the admissions director at E.D. White, so there was a connection there. There was a reason <laughs> how he was there, but uh, very interesting story, Chris. Okay, so in offense, defense, special teams—who's taking care of that? Blaine Email is going to be our special teams coordinator. We spoke with—we spoke before the season. I told Blaine I want to have the best special teams in the state of Louisiana. He—he he knows that—that that is my expectation. If you know anything about the history of E.D. White football. We, uh, we have always had very strong special teams units. Had a good soccer program and always got a kicker and a punter. So that's a, that's a good place to start. But uh, we, we have to take advantage of special teams. Uh, we win some games uh, on special teams. So it's going to be really important to us.
0: Uh, I mean, it's really the third part of the game. It really is. You've yeah, got offense, is. defense, and special teams. As a matter of fact, I think last year there was a four-star returner if I'm not mistaken. Right, yep. Um, Brandon
1: Lejean, who uh, played for E.D. White last year, went on to uh, UL Lafayette, was probably, not, not probably, he, he was the best uh, kick returner that I've ever ever experienced in 24 years of coaching. And look, I, we coached at assumption for five years with guys who played in the NFL. And uh, Brandon Jacobs and Tremont Williams and, a lot of guys at Assumption who really talented, but I, I really hadn't seen anybody like Brandon. So it's a big loss. Um, but we, we really got to take advantage of special teams.
0: But it just goes to show the dedication that this school has towards the third part of the game.
1: Yeah, you have to. It, you know, it's, it's really neglected on the high school level. People don't care about it. They don't care about special teams and until they lose a game because of special teams. and can't tell you how many people we scout. That when you turn on the film and you see their special teams and you know you can take advantage of that, you can change field position really easily because of it. You can score points on it. Uh, so we we like to see people who don't put a primary focus on on special teams, and because we know we can take advantage of that kind of stuff.
0: Who else we need to cover? What other what other what other coaching staff do you have that's, that that you feel is special?
1: Oh, offensively, we got we got two offensive line coaches for the first time ever. At our school, you know, um, Perry Leslie was a guy who I played with back in high school. Perry went on and played at Tulane. He's, uh, he's on staff now. Uh, Alec Nockan, who played for me, played at Nichols, is an offensive line coach as well. Blaine is going to, Blaine Email is going to coach the wide receivers. John Landry, who was another one of my players, uh, is going to coach the tight ends and the H-backs. Coach Grant will handle, handle quarterbacks and tailbacks. Defensively, Coach Callahan will do defensive line. Uh, coach Eric Wagispack, who is a guy who just, um, he, he was a high school coach. Um, he sits home, He sits at home and watches cartoons and Gilligan's Island all day. <laughs> we, we tease him all the time. He's like, what did, what did you watch on TV today, Coach Wag? But he's there every day at practice, and he's got some experience. He's a, a DB coach. Cam Bourgeois is another DB coach. And then uh, Blaze Mims uh, coaches our safety. So.
0: I think it's only fitting that the defensive team, Back coach would actually watch gilligan 's island because I think most defensive backs are Gilligan alone on an island covering a wide receiver
1: actually that's correct and we, we have a kid um, on our team uh Avery landry he has his own island we call it Avery island uh, we, we, you know, we, uh, he just he just sits on the island anybody that comes on the island he, he, he kicks them off so it's been really um Really a good experience with the coaching staff.
0: That's so special about Avery Island. All kidding aside, it kind of, it's like a corporate culture. Tell me about the culture you're trying to bring to the, this Cardinal football team. Well, listen, I, I, I want to tell a story about
1: how I've changed from my first go-around to this go-around. And this is a very interesting story because I told my classes this story and I haven't told my wife this story. So my <laughs> wife is going to hear this story for the first time. But a couple of weekends ago, I was at Walmart, and I told myself I was going to pay it forward. I was going to pay for the next person's gas. And they drove <laughs> up. This lady drove up. Actually, Miss, if you're listening, I I would really appreciate if you could respond to to to
0: us. But she drove up, in I okay. So let me get it. Hold on one second. Okay. Okay. Go. So you go to Walmart, yes. and you're in the gas line buying gas. I'm not buying gas yet. I'm waiting for somebody to drive up. So you're going to buy gas for the next person that drives up.
1: Correct. Okay, I, I got the picture, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I was going to do that. Maybe after the
0: story. Let, let me no, let, let me let
1: me tell the uh, story. Let me tell
0: you why right now. I'm going to share a quick story with you because I did the same thing. Okay. I was in, I was at I don't know McDonald's, mm-hmm. and there was there was in. Eloy Catholic High School. I went. To, I graduated there in '86. Okay, really, it was '86. And there's a group of nuns behind me. And so I looked at them. And, and when I was driving, up, when I was driving off, I said, "What did they order? I'll pay for it." And I, and, I, and I bought whatever they paid for. Whatever, whatever, whatever they had. So I understand to pay it forward. Yeah. So Wait. I, I understand, I understand and I think the audience understands exactly what you're trying to do. Well, you know,
1: one of the things that I am attempting to do is, on Saturdays, we're going to pay it forward. Our players are going to pay it forward. That's one of the things that we're going to do on Saturdays. We're going to come in, watch film, lift, get treatment, stuff like that, but we're going to pay it forward. And we're going to have different ideas every week of how we're going to pay it forward. Sometimes it'll be service. Sometimes it'll be lunch or whatever. But I wanted to test my... my... It's my theory of how this would work. So the lady drove up. Old beat-up truck gets out in scrubs. And I say, look, I'm going to pay for your gas if you don't mind. She said, oh, darling, you you are my angel. You are my angel. I just got off of a shift at Thibodeau Regional. And I'm trying to get to Terrebonne General to do another shift. Wow. And, man, I I really felt good about it. Really felt good about it. And this is the right thing to do. So... uh, she, she mentioned she was hungry. I said, well, look, I can go into the, into the shop and get you something to eat. And uh, she said, no, I, I'll, I'll get something on my own. So I, I got my credit card. I put my credit card in, and I, she started pumping her gas. And I went around and pumped my gas. And so I was finished, and she was finished, and, and we parted ways. And she said, thank you again. And so I went into Walmart, and I went to do some shopping. And then when I came out of Walmart, I noticed she was still at the gas pump. It was kind of weird. So I kind of glanced over, and I was a distance away, so I'm looking over there, and all of a sudden what I see is she is speaking to and directing another car to pull up to the same pump. <laughs> and so at this point, you know, I'm a pretty laid-back guy, but... At this point, i, I got to go figure out what's going on. So I, I drive over to the pump, and when I get to the pump, the pump is showing 75 bucks now. And so 75 bucks. I, 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 really, I really don't know what happened when I was in Walmart. And she did have a truck, but 75 bucks is a lot of gas. So um, as the next car is pulling into the pump, uh, I get out of the car, and I go up to him and said, could, could, you, could you tell me what's going on here? She said, well, "Sir, you told me to fill up my truck." And I said, "I, I don't know any trucks like yours that take seventy-five dollars worth of gas." And I said, "Can you explain this other car who was currently about to pump gas into their car on the same bill?" And she said, "Well, I was—I I'm, I'm, told you I was hungry, so I was going to give this person uh, a free fill-up." And uh, they were gonna give me some cash so I could go. Eat. So, needless to say, my pay it forward theory was uh, was, was 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 turned into a negative experience. I tell that story. Actually, I finished the whole transaction by grabbing the uh, nozzle out of the girl's hand, putting it back, and finishing the transaction. But, you know, in in in, the, in my first go around. I would have been so upset about that, so angry, so distraught about it. It would have lingered for days and days and days. And I would have completely scrapped the whole pay-it-forward idea. And I would have not done that. I wouldn't have done that with my football team or anybody. And uh, it's just different this time. It's different this time, and I feel different about it. I feel more positive about the whole football team and where we're going and where we're headed. So... Regardless of the lady at Walmart, we're, we're moving forward with, with Pay It
0: Forward. Wow. Uh, <laughs> we may have to cut the break, and we don't have any sponsors yet, because I might need a moment. That is unbelievable. You think my wife is going to listen to the podcast? Stacy, I had no idea. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sweetheart. He loves you he lo- greatly, and the, and the pearls are on the way. Absolutely. But, okay, all joking aside, yeah. all joking aside, uh, a younger coach, a younger Kyle Lasang, you, you're right. You would have been like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. Right. And now, granted, it's not 10 seconds left, we're down by one, and we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're on the three-yard line, and we're going to punch this rascal in. And I know you got a great kicker.
1: Yep. Uh, uh, Landon Brignac is our kicker. Gonna do a great job for us, but, and so I, w- I would trust that he would make the kick. No, 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 no doubt about it. Okay, no doubt
0: about it. But, but we're gonna still try to punch it. in. But no, okay, Lane's gonna make the kick. We know that. Okay. Yeah. now the room right here is Lane's got a pretty good leg on it. He does. He does. He really does. Uh, practice. How long is he kicking?
1: Um, I think he's good from about forty-five, <gasps> maybe fifty. He push it out to fifty. How old is this kid? Um. He's, what year? He's younger than me. He's younger than me. Uh, <laughs> he's a senior? You no, know, he's a junior. junior We've
0: junior. got two more
1: years of this. Yes, yes. It's going to be really fun. Oh, really fun. my goodness. I've always had really good
0: kickers. Really good kickers. Okay, okay. who's the soccer coach? Uh, Roger Beamer. So like to thank Roger Beamer right now for the for the extra whoa, points. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Did you even have to ask who the soccer <laughs> coach was? Okay, no, I didn't. <laughs> All right, who? Wow, that's it. he's really punching it. He can punch from 45. Yeah, at least. Oh, yeah. He, and he's going to get get stronger so it's it's going he's going to be it's going to be a weapon. And look, this is this is our first podcast. The goal is we'll have other coaches in here. I do want to bring coach Blaine in here and watch him sweat a little bit. This would be a great experience for coach
1: Blaine. He would love to be here.
0: I love me some I love I love Blaine. He's just a great coach Blaine. Great guy, yeah. I love the fella, and uh, we'll bring some of some of the some of your athletes in here. Yeah, you yeah, know, definitely. We'll, and we'll talk about them in greater detail in in the near future. Quarterbacks, wide receivers, definitely. defensive players, the whole thing. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the scrimmage. You held a scrimmage on Friday, August twenty third, twenty nineteen. Okay, this is your. This is your first opportunity to see your team against someone else. It's not against you, so it, tell me about that. It, it was time. It was really time to go play somebody else. Um, it,
1: the, the scrimmage was kind of a weird deal because um, I thought that we had typical high uh, schedule for our scrimmage, and uh, found out we did not. So uh, I I called my old buddy Ray Trosclair. You know. Listen, Dre was a great quarterback for me. Played at E.B. White. And Dre, go ahead. Okay, so he's, he's the coach. He, he's the coach of our opponent at uh, Lee Magnet, at Lee Magnet in Baton Rouge. But he was at Ascension Catholic, made it to a state championship game two years in a row. When I was off in my hiatus, I, was, uh, I would go and watch them practice. I would go to their games. He invited me on the sideline for the state championship, and uh, I, I love
0: Dre. So you already have kind of like the uh, the coaching tree uh-huh. of, of – Oh, yeah. So you've got a coaching tree already. Like, truly, you do. Yeah, you have a coaching tree.
1: Definitely. You do. You do. A lot of guys come back and just can't get football out of their system, I and mean, he's one of them. He, um, he actually went on and played at Nichols. He went to Arkansas Monticello and uh, decided he wanted to be a coach. And I was – like I, but something many people don't know about me is I, I was in medical school. I was going to be a doctor, and uh, I was two and a half years in the medical schools. So I was almost an M.D., and then I, I got out because uh, I, I just hated the hospital scene. And my first experience with, with a former coach was Coach Preston Lejeune, who was my coach in high school. And when he, when he saw me and I told him, Coach, I'm getting out of med school and I am going to be a coach, his comment was, son, you have rocks in your head. You have rocks in your head, and I'll tell you, when, when I heard him say that, I was like, man, I, maybe I'm making the wrong decision. I made it a point never to tell Dre or any of these guys <laughs> who have branched off on the coaching tree that they have rocks in their head, because it's been a really good experience for me, and it, it's been good for them too.
0: Look, I got, I got personal stories about Coach Preston Lejeune that are nothing but phenomenal. Oh, yeah. When I was in eighth grade, I was the statistician for <laughs> for, for White football, uh-huh. and I can't tell you how much I truly love that man. He is that's a coaching tree, like oh, yeah. that is the root of a coaching tree. I love Preston Lejeune. I know you do too. Yeah, oh I, yeah. we all do. anybody that anything to do with that man, that there's a, there's a there's a great love and. And now we're getting off on the tangent. Oh, yeah. let's, let's talk about the uh, – because we're running out of time. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the scrimmage. Uh, so Dre came – Dre agreed to come and, and play us. Uh, and
1: Dre's starting a program from the ground up. Um, so they haven't played football in a long time. So he came to us, uh, played us, and, uh, you know, the biggest compliment, compliment he gave to our football team, he said, man, you guys are really, really physical. He said, I, I don't uh, – my kids don't understand what it is to be that physical. And uh, I think that was – it was one of my concerns going into the season where we're going to be physical enough. And uh, to get a comment like that from the opponent uh, was, was something that told me, hey, we headed in the right direction. So it was a good experience for us. We, uh, we played a lot of people, saw a lot of people on the film, and then got a lot of game action. So it was a good experience for us to scrimmage that.
0: And what were you looking for in your players? Like the the players, when you see them out there with a a brand new group of guys that they've never seen before, what are you looking at as a coach? I tell them all the time, I cannot, I cannot coach effort. I
1: cannot coach effort. Uh, The only way I know how to coach effort is to get somebody else on the field who's going to give me effort. So I wanted to see guys just giving great effort all day long. And uh, I think I saw that for the most part. And uh, that was the thing I wanted to see. Uh, look, you're always going to make mistakes, uh, and first scrimmage is, is no different. But um, for the most part, great effort, um, you know, performing under pressure, being able to communicate, those kinds of things were, were things that stood out stood out to me.
0: What was the high point that you saw in that scrimmage? I
1: thought uh, offensively, I thought we did a good job of communicating. But I'm going to tell you what happened on defense. I've always preached that defenses need to be loud. They need to be loud. They need to talk. I remember playing at White. We had scouted people so well that we could we could tell what was coming. We knew what plays were coming. And we would yell out their plays to them. Uh, and that is something that I think is important defensively. You gotta, that, be loud. you gotta be loud. That's
0: intimidating as all get out if I hear the other team calling, this is what we're getting ready to run. Look, and even if you don't really know.
1: What's coming? Just the knowledge that, hey man, they've scouted us. They know us that well is very, very intimidating to an offense. You can ask any of our offensive guys, they'll tell you the same thing.
0: Believe it or not, we're 23 minutes into this. We gotta cut this rascal a little shorter now. Absolutely. And we still have more questions, but let's talk about this. We got our first real game on September sixth. September sixth against a rival. We're talking Vanderbilt Catholic High School, arch rival of this school, um, I'm, I, September sixth, seven o'clock. It's kind of like, kind of like old wrestling at the Omni in Atlanta. We're going to see there. and that's what this is. This is this is good old fashioned, old fashioned wrestling, old fashioned football, like it's meant to be in Homa, Louisiana, against a rival at seven o'clock in Homa. It's
1: like it's like you have to be there, like you have no choice, but on September sixth september 6th okay at seven o'clock to be in homa and watch the edie white and vanderbilt rivalry i mean you you just have you have to be there that you know uh former athletes are going to be in town just for that former coaches are going to be in town just for that so it's a it's a great it's a great thing plus i'll add this uh vanderbilt has a brand new coach edie white has a brand new coach so it's two new guys and I think the interest now is
0: something to prove. You both yes, have something to prove. It's
1: something. It's it really is something to prove. Look, it's not do or die by any means. It's a long football season, but it is really, really important that we go out and play well.
0: Here's my question, and this is from a from a fan standpoint. I, I, like I said, I was a statistician, did not play football. You, you, I was very thin. Okay, yeah, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm really surprised. Okay, okay. we're t- we're talking about arch rival the first game, like orchestras when they play it reaches a crescendo uh-huh. and then it goes down right it's it, it it's like NASCAR which when they, and they start at the Daytona 500 mm-hmm. you're starting at the Daytona 500 you're starting at the crescendo you are like this is a huge first game how do you keep your team's going to be up Vanderbilt's going to be up right right how do you, how do you keep them up from that cuz that it's, coach that's huge it's not it's not an easy thing and just
1: human nature. Human nature says that when you get back the next week, you kind of let down, and you kind of, you kind of let up, and maybe, especially if you won the, if you won the game, if you won the, that you mean, first week. You mean when we win that game? Yeah, when we win that game. Aye. You know, the Monday is going to be real difficult because we are going to have to rein the guys back in. For us, it's it's insisting upon execution. And insisting upon the respect of our opponent. And the next week is H. L. Bourgeois, and they are very talented, and we, we're going to have to get ready to play. Then listen, our schedule is is a brutal, brutal schedule, and we can't have we can't have a week off, we can't have a day off. So we're going to get back into it. Human nature says that Coach Kyle is probably going to have to yell and scream a little bit more on Monday, but uh, I'm good with that. We'll we'll yell and scream until kids are back in line.
0: What should we look for in this huge game? I mean, big game in Homa, 7 o'clock on the 6th. Big game. What should we be looking for for both teams? Well, you know, it, football, football
1: is not a very complicated sport when you think about it. It's blocking, tackling, protecting the football. It's, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what offense you run, what defense you run. It's blocking, tackling, and protecting the football. Ultimately, it comes down to who makes the, the fewest mistakes. And, um, you know, that can happen. And when, you, when you're when you talented, uh, just as talented as the, as your opponent, it always comes down to fewest mistakes. So um, that, that's probably what it, what it will come down to.
0: All right, well, our Two-minute warning is over, and we are done. So, Coach, Kyle, we really appreciate you coming out. We'll see you again next week. We'll talk about the Vanderbilt game that will be on Friday, September Sixth. 6th at 7 o'clock. In Homa, please come out and see. It's going to be a Jim Dandy of a game. I've never said Jim Dandy in my life. Oh, wow. I know, it's, it's pretty exciting. <laughs> and uh, look forward to talking to you next week. We'll, we'll review the game that just happened against Vanderbilt. Hopefully we'll be reviewing a win. And we'll talk about the big HL Boots game. Another big team, big school, well coached. And we'll see you then. Thank y'all for listening, Coach. Thank you very much. And uh, come back and listen to
1: us next time. Uh, have plenty more stories and, uh, and tell some things about our players and, and maybe get some coaches in here. So uh, stay tuned.
0: Our theme music was composed by Terry Lagarde and performed by the band National Lagarde. The song El Toro can be found on the album Stories of a Southern Gentleman and can be purchased on iTunes or wherever you purchase your music. Our podcast was mastered by Josh LaRose at Hoffman Music, Hoffman Music in Thibodeau. For all your musical needs, we've got your sound.